Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. For Backpage, I'm Martin Gregg, and this is a bonus episode previewing Tuesday's second leg of the Champions League between Barcelona and Liverpool at Anfield. First leg finished 3-0 to Barcelona, and we're joined from Barcelona by Graham Hunter. Graham, if you were an optimistic Liverpool fan, I think you would probably be thinking back to Istanbul. You might be thinking about the comeback against Dortmund in 2016. Um, you might even be thinking about 12 months ago when Liverpool scored three goals in at 31 minutes or something against City in the quarterfinal first leg of the Champions League. I guess my opening question would be, did you see anything in the first leg to suggest there is still some flickers of life left in this tie? More than flickers of life, I thought that not only have I very rarely come away from a football match where I've been either working or a spectator as stunned by the turn of events, given the disparity between the overall balance of play and the final score. I genuinely mean that there was, everywhere I went... um, last Wednesday night at the camp now whether it was watching people from um, Liverpool Football Club who were sitting just to my left who who were mystified were sort of banging the desk shaking their head literally couldn't understand why they hadn't scored never mind potentially won whether it was staff at the camp now whether it was broadcasters from around the world in the in the sort of super flash zone where you go to get the one-on-one television interviews, there was stupefaction and, and I, I honestly had to sort of redefine what I thought football was about because why wouldn't you be surprised that Messi does something special? We've seen that, we've glorified that in this podcast over the years. He's an extraordinarily uh, determined, inventive little football genius. But the balance of play that Liverpool didn't score at all, never mind lead by two, three goals before Leo Messi got the first of his brace it just seemed to me to be remarkable and everywhere around camp now people were were stunned by it that it had been such an odd night such an entertaining night and a night when Liverpool got such little premium for what had been a I thought a pretty devastatingly good match a game plan energy the images will stay with me for absolutely forever in that on on that day, 14 years before, my daughter and I, our elder daughter and I, Cara, had been in the stadium. I don't know why I wasn't working that day, but just for fun, I'd taken her. It was Albathetti. It was the first goal Leo Messi scored. It was that repeat chip over Valbuena um, when the first one was ruled offside. It, it, we, I wrote about it, you know, to great length 
in the book that you and Neil commissioned from me. So if people want to read about it, go back there. In all the 600 goals that Messi had scored um, by the time that night had finished, exactly 14, how do you do that? How do you score your 600th goal exactly 14 years later? Only Messi, I'd argue. And in all that time, for all the celebrations I've seen, I've never seen him celebrate like he did, sitting on the ground. An individual goal celebration from Leo Messi and a goal he scored where he's sitting on the ground, beating his chest and looking at the noisy fans behind the, the goal nord. That, that will stick with me for a long time. As will 43 minutes in, first half, both Messi and Suarez leaning on their haunches, puffing, absolutely praying for halftime because they're exhausted. Things like that and, and the impact, the noise of Salah's shot hitting the goal, the goal frame. All of that tells you that flicker of hope, absolutely for sure. Things have changed. It changes Liverpool's mentality that they're 3-0 down. It, it causes a gigantic amount of risk. One goal from Barcelona means five for Liverpool in order to go through cleanly. Extra time, it's feasible. Um, if Liverpool can reproduce that type of performance, given how, how leggy they look in defeating Newcastle, um, how much I think it must have hurt them. And I think some element of, of what we'll see at Anfield on Tuesday night must be dictated by what Manchester City do at Leicester. Some people will be listening to this when they already know that result. We're recording it when we don't know that result. But there's a whole there's a whole cocktail of effects that that could have if if City win and Liverpool are determined that this is their only chance now for a trophy and, and they're pretty sure that Brighton next weekend won't be enough to stop City and therefore the league's gone. Should City drop points... Does it change Liverpool's attitude in terms of saving something up in order to beat Wolverhampton the following weekend because that's the league title if they do that? There's a whole lot of actors on stage and, and a flicker of hope. Does Salah make it? Does, does Salah make it and fully fit? Liverpool are the type of club that will make a responsible decision if there's a, any danger that this kid is, is suffering from concussion and I don't think he plays. If he's given all clear, then he plays and he pr- presumably plays with ultra determination. And I, and just to throw into the list of results, I mean, we could go back a long time to talk about the Anfield effect, but I remember watching, I went to VRL defeating Liverpool 1-0 in the Europa League, the, the year that Liverpool got to the final, it was the semi-final. And again, at Anfield, a Spanish team that had looked overmatched with Liverpool technically, were blown away by the pace and power of what Liverpool and the Klopp were able to do that night too. So I think that I go into it and in the reporting that I'll be doing, definitely interesting, interested to see what Liverpool's approach is, whether it's helter-skelter right from the start, an early goal and everybody believing, everybody roaring, or just trying to calmly pick away at the lead, which is quite a different concept, in order to try and undermine Football Club Barcelona. And there'll be no Dembele. I, th- I, I genuinely thought Dembele could have an, an extraordinarily important role at Anfield. Martin, because of the way in which Barcelona will look to play and and, and pick off that that goal, they'll 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 play to win. I mean, let's 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 not muck about. Barcelona will go there and will play to win. Just the mention of a single goal is the way that they, the the aggregate and the way goals rule would would spin the tie vastly more in the in favour of of Barca. So flicker of life, yes. Do I think that the tie is finished? No, and more importantly, much more importantly. Nor does Valverde think that, nor do any of the the Barca players think that. They know what kind of experience they had last week. And they know that if you're sitting 2-0 down by half-time with Anfield roaring and Liverpool's team buzzing again, 
then the tie is well within reach. So it, it's a task, I, I can tell you, that, that f- Football Club Barcelona are taken immensely seriously. I mean, one of the things that struck me about the first leg was the, I guess, the disparity between the level of the Liverpool performance balanced against their, their failures in, in front of goal. I, I mean, I was quite shocked, having watched quite a bit of Liverpool this season, to see how uncharacteristically poor they were in front of goals. I mean, that, that Manny chance, Salah hitting the post... Milner had an excellent chance as well. You almost think that they can't they can't be that profligate again on the basis that they will, I'm sure, create chances. It, it was odd. I, I mean, I can't outright disagree with you having said what I've said. And, and I think that the first thing to pick away at is that never mind each season, each game is different. It's one of the most regular things you find when you when you pose a sort of journalistic question to a footballer or a manager. They'll 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 try with conviction to tell you that each each game is a cosmos to itself. And they don't like drawing too many patterns. And therefore, I'm not drawing a, a, a tactical uh, pattern, but f- images stick with me. And I think images are important because what they do is they display levels of form or determination or sometimes luck. And what, what will stay with me to answer your question, well, the, the, the building brick to begin the answer is that when Barcelona got beaten 3-1 by Mourinho's Inter, in the first leg, in the year that they were looking to retain their Champions League title. And then won 1-0 and were brutally frustrated against Mourinho's 10-man Inter in the second leg. There was a shot, which I'm I'm convinced now was from, I'm convinced it was from Messi, and it was from his left foot, just slightly cutting in from the right, and it was bending from outside to in. And the keeper was Julio Cesar, and I think it was named save of the season in some awards. And he got down to his right, saved at full stretch round his right-hand post. And Ter Stegen made an identical save to that on Wednesday night. And I thought that in that moment, I saw imagery that represented the form that Barcelona are on, the way in which key players absolutely stood up at the right minute. And I think that to, to describe Liverpool's finishing, I think you have to include description of the way in which Ter Stegen rose to the occasion, the way in which Piquet again had just an outstanding game. Uh, I thought Longley played very well and patrolled Salah quite well. And you have to filter some of that into descriptions of Liverpool's finishing. Liverpool were definitely against a Barcelona which were as determined, as inspired to defend and to make sure that they weren't pushed out of the tie as, as I can remember. We've lived through eras where Barcelona have outpassed or outscored or outtricked teams in the Champions League. And we've seen Excelsior games, uh, whether it be away to Madrid in 2011 or the, or the Wembley final. or the there's, there's a level of determination now which is akin to the treble of 2009, when, if you remember, at Stamford Bridge, effectively, they were out and they were playing with 10 men. They get a late goal from Iniesta. I think we're recording this on the exact anniversary of that, 10th anniversary of that goal. In the final, they, they have Thierry Henry playing, playing at 70% fitness, Iniesta playing at 60% fitness, Yaya Toure playing at centre-back, which he hated doing, Silvino in it left. They, they threw a level of determination that day in Rome against Manchester United, which was akin to what we saw last week and, and what prevented Liverpool from scoring. And while that's only part of the story, because I agree with you that the 
the Wijnaldum experiment looked interesting in that he, he'd obviously started his career as a much more surging attacking midfielder. So that idea about the false nine, he, he positionally, he was quite good. His use of the ball was quite good. His first touch was quite good. But there were a couple of occasions when he found himself in the box and he didn't have that striker's absolute instinct of pulling the trigger. I think that helped. Once or twice Liverpool in the early stages reached the box and, and almost stuttered a little bit, just enough for Barcelona to go, whoa, we're not gonna we're not gonna absolutely be punished here. I think that helped them. And we're talking about tiny, tiny nuances because like you, I absolutely agree Liverpool on the pound for pound on their performance should have scored twice at least. Maybe on a on a good night you score three times. Something I've seen them do on the road in in, in European football. Um, in last season's Champions League down at Sevilla, where they were three 0 up, I think by half time, and this <laughs> camp that was a better performance than that. <laughs> yes, so odd, so odd, and and I genuinely felt real sympathy for them because that was an extraordinary performance and and one that absolutely decorates the Champions League. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah, I mean, we started off talking about, I guess, the potential for a, a Liverpool blitzkrieg and early goals and the Anfield crowd getting behind them and all, all the rest of it. But I think one of the ways opposition teams can cope with that type of situation is that if you have a problem-solving coach that, that manages to stem that tide. And, you know, without wanting to you know hark back too much to the first leg, because I know we are looking forward, but I, I thought the Semedo substitution was one of the great substitutions in the context of this season's Champions League because it stemmed that flow down the Liverpool left, forced Robertson back. Suddenly Van Dijk was just being pulled out of that central position to try and cover, which created more space for... 
Barcelona in the middle and, and, and that's that's why I would fear for Liverpool um, on Tuesday night because you, you kind of I would back Valverde in these situations to come up with some solution um, do, do you agree with that can, can you see how he could have a hand in, in, in changing the, the pattern of the match if it goes the way of this kind of Liverpool explosion at the start well, you've just befuddled me even more because while I agree totally with what you've said and, you know, the hard fact is that the balance of the game changes, the control of the ball in midfield changes. I mean, and also, what Semedo was able to do was partly to do with the fact that um, Barcelona had, you know, had a lead um, because I think that his marauding and his ability to push Andrew Robertson back increased with the goal flow. The more that Barcelona had a lead, the more that... that Barcelona were able to just say to Semedo, like, you'll be covered and you can therefore stop their marauding left back. But, and, and Sergio Roberto also is, 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 you know, the fulcrum in the move for for the second goal, where Luis Suarez does something extraordinary to invent a volley with his knee. Having said that, the reason he befuddled me even more is that it shouldn't have been enough. And, and Valverde made a, a substitution that proved to be brilliant and helped completely change not just the night but the tie however Semedo until about the 73rd minute was the only sub who was warming up after 43 minutes some of Barcelona's players are blowing out of their backsides because they've been run around so much Leo Messi's one of Leo Messi's first comments as he speaks on the pitch and this is all with a view to to Tuesday because he goes we got drawn into their game we got. We didn't want to be running around chasing after them. We didn't want a high tempo game, but we got drawn into that, and we weren't controlling the ball. So it took us a long time. To, okay, so one maybe there was a case for that midfield change to be made at halftime. I'd argue. Two, the fact that the the subs weren't warming up from minute forty five seems to me to be literally incredible. And while Valverde, which again you've. I think you've pinpointed something that is essential to him. He's extremely studious. He's extremely slow to react to situations on the pitch. He's not intuitive. He studies and thinks and would rather react a little bit late and get it spot on right in his view than go, I've got an instinct, this is what I must do. You know, he's not the Ferguson type. And therefore, it doesn't take anything away from the impact of what he did. But the fact that it took him that long and the fact that he was so low to even send subs out to warm up, Martin, you know, not, nothing can go wrong with getting two or three of them out there to G up the players on the pitch thing. Oh, there's a sub coming. And also get the, the players who might take part a little bit more limber. Now, cast forward to Tuesday. Let's say it's a hurricane. Liverpool are on form. Salah is fit. Everybody else is there except for Keita. Let's say they get one early. Anfield is roaring. Barcelona are puffing again. If Valverde won't be able to use so much pause twice and get away with it, I think. I'm not saying that you automatically throw players on, but the speed at which you analyse and the speed with which you react and the speed with which the players are ready mentally and physically, if you're playing in the face of a hurricane, which we both agree Liverpool can produce, then I think to, 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 to get away with that twice will be quite a task. To get it right needs saluting. 
And and I, I think you've pushed into a theme that maybe isn't for now, maybe it's for end of season, where Valverde isn't particularly loved or appreciated in a tactical sense in this country. Everybody admits, brilliant dressing room manager, brilliant problem solver, dignified, intelligent, able to get the best out of the majority of his players on one-on-one, which in the modern game is by far the most difficult thing. Tactics are not, people are. So for you to pinpoint the, the way in which he tactically read a game and impacted it seismically, then then fabulous, and he needs credit for that. But but maybe quicker next time? We obviously need to chat a bit about Messi, and uh, I thought it was a fascinating Messi performance. And um, I keep thinking back to a preview um, we did at the start of the season where I think Messi had come out and said... Uh, made comments about bringing the Champions League back and I think he talked about it being that lovely and desired cup um, which I thought was quite an interesting phrase. I, I thought it was really interesting that he said that so publicly um, and I, I love it when great athletes just come out and, and you know put down this statement of intent um, and I think when it's done in the right way it can generate a real kind of focus and a real momentum but but what I saw from, from Messi last week was like real leadership, obviously stepping up in key moments with the incredible goals but like demanding more from teammates like in, in a real vocal sense. There was one really interesting moment where he, he passed it out wide to Vidal and you know, Vidal should have just squared it first time to Suarez and it would have been a tap-in. And then he took an extra touch and tried to get it onto his other foot and then the chance was gone. And Messi just turned and gave him an absolute serving. And then at the end of the game, when, when Dembele takes his divot, which would have made it 4-0 and surely have killed the tie, Messi's kind of slumped in the turf because he knows that would have killed the tie. I guess the point I'm making is he seems to have kind of taken ownership of the Champions League this, this year and kind of through sheer force of personality as well as talent. And it's tied back to the, the Gamper tournament you were talking about because the Gamper tournament, for those who didn't listen to that podcast who haven't been to Barcelona much, is in honour of the founder. It's held every year and a team, or t- used to be two teams, get invited. It was a round-robin tournament, now it's a one-on-one friendly. And traditionally, it's when you present the squad. So new signings, yeah, you'll see them out in the pitch. If there's a new captain, yeah, he'll be giving the discourse. And this time it was messy. So your point is exactly right. He did say... You know, I'll try my my absolute best. It's our, you know, it's our intention to bring you back. We'll give everything we've got to bring you back this beautiful, much desired historic cup. And that was the Champions League, not La Liga, not the Copa del Rey. But he prefaced that by saying, touching the armband that was on his left arm, the captain's armband. And he said, I've inherited this from two great men, Xavi and Iniesta. And automatically by naming them, he was putting himself in, in not just, well, it's mine now. He was putting himself in that group, there, thinking about their achievements, taking the captaincy as something distinctly important, not just, it's my turn. Because he, he didn't get it because he's the best player. It's it's almost always for length of service. If, if the captaincy had gone with the best player, and remember he took the, the Argentinian captaincy off Javier Mascherano, Mascherano had to cede the captaincy to Messi some considerable time ago. So captaincy is not new to him, even though it's something that that brand of leadership you've been describing is vastly different for the type of, even if you want to call it leadership, that he would have shown in the first half or two thirds of his career. Because simply he just, he did the Messi thing and that was sufficient for him to be revered by his teammates and the most important player in the squad for the large majority of the last 
10 years. So when he talked about the captaincy like that, to me, and then linked it to his desire to, to win the Champions League, I, I thought that it was a, an acceptance of something that we've seen for a little while, in that even while Iniesta was captain, Messi was one of the vice-captains, and we definitely saw him being willing to speak more about victories, about defeats, taking a shared responsibility with Iniesta for some of the public need for messages from the dressing room. We've been told for quite considerable time that his voice in the dressing room is is very strong indeed about tactics, about who is and isn't playing well, about when the ball should be released to him and when not. Um, and, and there have been some critics in, in the Spanish media who've picked away at him as if to say this is some sort of, he's turning into some sort of uh, dictator, which is just, you know, it, it's it's funny how guys who shout and scream on the pitch in British terms are called great leaders. And when what you need is the right thing said at the right time, even if it's going to hurt somebody. And Messi's level of tolerance for people who are not doing the right thing or people who aren't towing the line in terms of attitude or performance or training that that he's he's been pretty hair triggered within the training ground and with the within the dressing room for quite some considerable time. Therefore what you saw um on the pitch with his lambasting of Vidal and his his frustration at Dembele who has definitely been taken under Messi's wing. And I think had he not had this injury absence would have finished that easily. And and it would have finished against Levante the previous weekend. That finished to be to be quite honest with you, that there was a finish in Dembele when he was fit in the beginning of the season when I would have given you something like a 96% chance he was going to tuck that one away. And having seen what I saw against Levante, I was about 96% sure that that they weren't going to choose the right options and that they weren't going to score. But Messi has changed, Martin. You're absolutely right. I think that everybody feels it. And and just finally on that, um, all the players, I mean, feel it. Because he's gone from being the unspoken, the unnamed leader to being the outright leader and one of Valverde's great triumphs is that he and Messi are are in locked step it's rare you hear Messi come out and praise a coach's tactical setup and he did so after the Sevilla game where they won so 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 brilliantly and the first thing he wanted to say on the pitch in the Super Flash interview was praising Valverde for how he'd approached the game and he's bought into rest more this season because Valverde and he have packed it. No other manager thus far has been able to to pact with Messi. And it has to be negotiated. And some people might rail against that concept that players are players and the manager's the boss. And OK, fine, but that's changed a long time ago because of their salaries, because of the way in which coaches can be hired and fired. And because Messi is the greatest probably ever. You have to pact. And Valverde's done that. But the payoff in this... I think, is that it was made clear, Suarez made clear last week, that none of the other players had been aware that Messi was going to say that, that we're going to give everything. You know, he said, we did really well last season. I don't want anybody to undermine winning a League and Cup double. But now we want this this other beautiful thing. And he said that none of the other players knew he was going to do what you described as sort of decl- a declaration of intent out there. And Suarez said that if when he sets the road, we follow. So it turns out that you know, whether they go through this week or, or win the final or don't win the final, until now, that naked declaration of cold intent has has been the right thing for him, for other players, and it's set a tone, and so far it hasn't prevented them winning the league, nor qualifying for the Copa del Rey final in the 25th of May down in Sevilla against Valencia, 
And yeah, Messi has taken charge of, of the tournament that we're talking about, but the other two tournaments that uh, that were available to Barca as well. That's how remarkable he is. Okay, that's our show, folks. Thanks, as always, for tuning in, and thanks to Graham Hunter in Barcelona. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.